We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into another installment of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Once again, I am Matt Fralick. Alongside me is the fortune teller, Janelle Mackey, who uh, predicted the Packers pick six apparently yesterday when she was at the game. I did. I have a witness. Okay. If that, anybody doesn't believe I, me. I believe you. I mean, you tweeted it out. You just told me about it. I didn't even ask about it. So it's like... I it, feel, it's something I need to brag about because it was just really cool. So. That's fair. I'll let you do that. And it's, I'm going to say it's vantage point. You had a very good vantage point. You're just... It was... It made sense. You ran the analytics, Janelle, and it made sense. Exactly. Cool. So Janelle, like I said, was at the game yesterday. Uh, Janelle, I'll tip my hat to you. Uh, what did you see from the game yesterday, I guess? You had, you had the best view of the game, obviously. So Yeah, so I think just overall, the vibe that I got just felt like old Packer football. Mm-hmm. Everybody was having fun. The team looked like they were having fun. It just wasn't the negative feeling that I've been getting from this fan base, from this team, from the city itself. It was just, it was a fun day for the team, for the fans. And even though it was 27 degrees and I was pretty cold, it was, it was everything that I wanted to see, especially against the Falcons, 34 unanswered points and a lot of cheering, a lot of happy fans, no booing, Mm -hmm. no booing of Mm -hmm. the team which was incredible because obviously we've heard a lot of that lately. And 
I mean, Rodgers just looked back to his old self. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun just watching him actually release the ball. So from the comfort of my own couch, the fir- one of the first things I noticed was, as f- when you're talking about vibe, I completely agree. I felt, I didn't really notice the fans as much, obviously, because you're there. I mean, you're going to take that way. I mean, you're going to observe that better than I am. But Aaron Rodgers just like, he was happy. He was, he was smiling. He was laughing, believe it or not. It was, I couldn't believe it. And it was the weirdest thing because I'm sitting there thinking and I'm like trying to like gauge how irrational I could be with my statement. And I was like, well, did Aaron Rodgers really like sabotage Mike McCarthy to get out of Green Bay? I'm like, that's too far. But I will go to the extent to say that he didn't, do his everything he could to prevent him from leaving Green Bay. If that makes, if that kind of makes sense, I know it's kind of like you're almost being like, "Oh wow, he really hated Mike that bad." <laughs> but like, you could just tell, like, with Mike McCarthy not being there, it was almost like this. It was like that, like weird, like maybe like ex girlfriend or ex boyfriend still like kind of like maybe in your class, and he's you still can't really be comfortable. Or maybe in like your dorm or you know not. This is, I guess I'm just giving you all college references here, but where it's like you just had this like. Oh, Mike's gone. He he went to he transferred to UW Milwaukee. Like you're okay now. Like you yeah, don't have to worry like, about him. And like you had a relief. And you're like, oh, Joe Philbin. I know Joe Philbin. We used to you know have history together. Like just they're buds again. It was cool. Yeah, it was like the tension was gone. Exactly. So I mean, I was kind of nervous when I didn't even make it to my seat yet, and we had already wasted our challenges. It's, that yeah, made me a little okay. bit nervous. I was like, okay, I guess this is how this game is gonna go. But other than that, it was. It was pretty smooth. Not a lot of errors offensively that I could see, just some drop balls here and there. I mean, there was a couple times that Rodgers could have been picked off. Absolutely. Deion Jones should have had two picks. Yeah, so. No doubt. But he didn't get picked off. Which means he has surpassed Tom Brady in the most consecutive attempts, which is, I don't know his exact number, but he's at least over 359. So it was, I believe he, yeah, he got it with the 359th attempt, like you said. Which was a perfect pass to Randall Cobb in the end zone. Which is, I mean, didn't... What more can you expect? Awesome. It kind of reminds me of when Brett Favre broke, I don't know which record it was, maybe it was the 500 touchdowns, 503, whatever it was, when he threw a touchdown against the Vikings, too. It's like, Mm -hmm. just weird that, I mean, not similar... Records, because like obviously I would, well maybe they're similar, but one is showing, one is more of an Aaron Rodgers record with mm-hmm. accuracy, and the other one is you know Brett Favre just playing so long. But he did finish um, with I looked it up real quick, three sixty eight. So he's at three hundred sixty eight right now. Going into Soldier Field this following weekend, we'll see if that stands the way the Bears are taking the ball away. But it, yeah, yeah, awesome. and I was kind of worried because every time somebody talks about. An Aaron Rodgers passing stat. I feel like he throws an interception. So yeah, I was or really that's, worried. It's, it's any stat though. Like you're watching yeah, college basketball, and like, they're like, guys, 35 free throws in a row, and all of a sudden it's 36 to one in the back end of the one and yeah, one. Yeah, I was it. afraid Just, that there's going to be like bad juju on mm-hmm, that one, but mm-hmm. I was really happy to see him get that. So that was it. Was just everything was going right. It seemed. Yeah. And special teams. Mason Crosby is reliable. He hit a 50 yarder. So the flukes that he's been having, like. I don't think people should be nope. hanging that over his head. They look good. Couple muffed yeah, kickoff returns. I think Jair, what are you doing? I don't know. Is Davis hurt again? Why yeah, is he I think not he's back on. There? I believe he's on IR. I think they put. Didn't they put him he back? Put him on, back on IR. I think so. I'll double check while we're talking here. But I mean, I was 
listening to the uh, the press conference today, or after the fact, it was recorded, and someone asked if you know Joe Phil if they moved on from Jair at this point or whatever. Nick actually talked about it um, on the yesterday's podcast. Uh, just like, you know, what should they do with Jair? And first, Philbin said, you know, they haven't made any final decisions on it. Nick's take is that you shouldn't have your one of your most dynamic playmakers returning kicks exactly. from the defense. Exactly, because you don't want him to get yeah, like, you don't want more taken free, out. Exactly, you know? free shots is what Nick said. And it's like, yeah, he's your he's your number one corner. He is a young player. Like, you know, they've I've seen when Nick was talking, it was I, I kind of was going through my head. He said, "You don't want your some of your most dynamic players returning kicks." And I went back to like you know maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago. And I'm like, "Well, Deshaun Jackson used to do it. Des Bryant used to do it." And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, it's not a necessity. It's kind of like okay, this guy could break one because he's this young, you know, athletic dude. But I don't think there's a need for it." You did see Randall Cobb, Cobb come in and you know spell Jair after you know he had the two muffs, but. It's still, we're, the Packers are still trying to figure out special teams. I think at and this I, point you just need somebody who's going to catch the ball and hold on to it. You get don't five. Need somebody get five yards maybe. Like, yeah. I don't need any We you don't, don't need, need somebody who's going to run it all the way back. No. You just need somebody who's going to keep it, keep the ball. Mm-hmm. And, again, there's always a holding call that brings it back anyways, mm-hmm. so it doesn't Most even matter. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, I just feel like a lot of the special teams – woes have to do with coaching really there's just a lot of things that I see that are very very odd uh Lucas Patrick for what my memory serves at least last week um still back there as like one of the the special guys on the kickoff you know where most teams will have we talked about this a couple weeks ago Janelle where they'll have a linebacker back there or a tight end most most of the time for blocking but we're still putting a backup guard back there with the kickoff guy just kind of strange and Ron Zook Obviously, he's been caught many times with his pants down and having really dumb plays throughout the year, not being ready, having his team ready for fakes, or then, oh, well, they can do a fake, well, I'll do a fake type exactly. of thing. So we've seen that. So maybe something else will happen with Ron Zook along the way. Uh, one thing I do want to throw in here I kind of forgot about, uh, even preparing and driving over here today, though, but Winston Moss, you you went to the game yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, Fox uh, for their ten o'clock, you know, preview whatever. And it's I'm sure next year it'll be at nine. They just push it back, so it's at ten now. But they had um, Winston Moss actually in studio, and they talked with all the you know the commentators, Dave Wanstead, who actually used to play or coach, I believe, Winston Moss at University of Miami. You know, Tony Gonzalez, Krista Thompson, whatever. They're kind of picking Winston Moss's brain, and they're just talking about you know everything that happened, and they kind of set it up, you know. You guys lose the Arizona Cardinals uh, Sunday night after the game. Mike McCarthy's let go. Uh, interim coach is named, I think it was either that day or Monday. You put out this tweet, and they're just kind of playing it all back. And he, I feel like Winston Moss isn't overly intelligent. I don't think I'm out of my lane saying that, just from the way he tweets and types. Um, and some of the you know comparisons he was making on the um, on the show, but he did say that he didn't mean anything by his original tweet. You know, kind of calling out Aaron Rodgers. He said it was basically to call out the fan base, which I don't think that's how you go about calling out the fan base because you're. At no point did I read between the lines and be like, oh yeah, he's he's pissed at the fans or the eighty thousand people that are starting the wave in the third quarter. Uh, but so they got into that. They kind of. He, he had a couple answers to questions where it was like, are you, you're being sarcastic, 
but I think you're actually being serious. Like it was, you couldn't tell because they asked, you know, how do you deal with Aaron Rodgers? And he's so sensitive, and he kind of gave a weird answer. And then he said, you know, who should be the next coach? You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing all of this, but and he said, well, Aaron Rodgers has been the coach for the last nine and a half years. And it was, and then he like he like backed off, and he was like, no, it was a joke. And it's like this whole thing was really bizarre. Like I I kind of saw it on the preview. I usually don't watch the NFL preview; I just like leave it on and like whatever. But I saw that was like they're drumming that up. I'm like, I'm gonna have to watch this, and like. It was just very strange. Like it, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you go back and watch. It. I know you were tailgating or doing whatever, getting to the game, but really bizarre. Just had to. Yeah, I didn't get even that hear in there. about that. I did hear about the um, misinterpretation, as he called it. Sure. Kind of going towards the fans, mm-hmm. which, I mean, as a fan, it's like in Green Bay, if you attack the fans, they're probably going to attack you back. Yeah. So saying that you're going after the fans might hurt you even more than if you're going after the organization itself because at least the organization will be professional about it. Right. Whereas the fan base, we see what they can do, and they can kind of have an influence on what happens with this team. I mean, last year, everybody's calling for Ted Thompson, and he's gone. Mm -hmm. This year, everybody's calling for Mike McCarthy, and now he's gone. So, I mean, maybe it's just coincidence, but I don't think you want to get on the bad side of the Green Bay fans. So for him to say weird things like that and people get really defensive about Aaron Rodgers and how you talk about him because he is so well respected definitely so definitely now that you're not in the organization anymore it's going to be easier for people to reach out to you and probably say some negative things Mm -hmm. so maybe he needs to be a little bit more careful about his word choices and he he said he didn't regret any of it so I would imagine I when he said he didn't regret any of it, I would be like, hmm, that's really stupid because you should regret that. You lost your job. Not directly off of a tweet, they said. Yeah, but, I did read that. You know, he may have you, of... he may have at least got out the next four games of the season. Like at least at least finish your you know, and then maybe have you have a better shot, you know, in the off season to go find a new job. It's like there's a lot of guys like yourself out there that are gonna be looking for a job in twenty nineteen to coach a football team or be an associate coach or a defensive coach and you may have just kind of screwed yourself over for your your future. So I, I think you should reconsider if you regret that or not. But maybe coaching like Division Two football or Division One AA is like okay for you, Winston Moss. <laughs> but anyways, back to the game. Um, offensively, I thought the Packers looked great. Uh, yeah. I again, thought... again, this whole it's like the whole running game is just bizarre. Like everyone is so caught up on like, well, Aaron Jones ran the ball, but then they didn't run it. You know, there's a series you took off, then he doesn't get a certain amount of touches. We're just so hyper, just detailed about what is going on with Aaron mm-hmm. Jones. Granted, yes, Jamal Williams started the game. Joe Philbin said after the game that, again, paraphrasing, he said something along the lines of, he was asked a question like, why was Jamal Williams in the game so much, you know, the first half? And he said that the first play was scripted for Jamal Williams to get the ball. Okay, that would make sense why he may be on the first drive, coach. But, but like the though. whole game, like the whole first half, like that doesn't really, like you can still sub a guy out after one play. Like, oh, first play, we had it scripted for that. Like, eh, it didn't make sense. But yeah, so now the, the narrative is um, Aaron Jones just plays in the second half and still gets the same amount of touches, I guess. We're just going to, and next week he'll miss the first quarter and the third quarter it's just yeah, it we go back like and forth whatever a, he only plays about half the game yeah and they just pick and choose kind of how it goes yeah and I noticed that right away too I was like okay we're seeing a lot of Jamal Williams out here but Aaron Jones goes out balls out like he usually does mm-hmm. so I mean I'm not 
Matt, I think a lot of it too is because Aaron Rodgers was having such a good day. We didn't need to see as much of the run game. Whereas when Rodgers is having an off day, you want to see Williams get more touches. But sure. Aaron Rodgers was hot from the start. Yeah. So I think, yeah, have him throw the ball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And he was, Aaron Rodgers looked loose. Yes. He looked like mentally, physically, he just wanted to throw the ball. He didn't look as scared to throw the ball. I know he's been struggling to, like, he's been throwing the ball away a lot. He's been holding on to it. Mm-hmm. And I think today he was just really letting loose and he wasn't as worried and I think that's when he plays his best is when he's not overthinking everything yeah he I didn't see a lot of anger from him at least from what I can yeah, see obviously I, saw, I can't see um the actual tv view that everyone can or even see the replays the you don't get the same exactly. replays there was a couple plays where I noticed he was upset with uh it was either Valdez Scantling or uh St. Brown he was trying to throw the guy to the sideline instead of like getting to the sideline and waiting for the throw. He was kind of like trying to slow down and catch it like on the run. So he mm-hmm. howled at him for that. The the Deion Jones almost first pick. He was like yelling at. I think it was Jamal Williams. Where Deion Jones is just, I mean, bodying Jamal Williams. He's literally boxing him out like a, yeah. a rebound and like he got mad at him for that. I like didn't understand that. But I think that's more of the Aaron Rodgers like. I'm the veteran, you're the, you know, you are my my pawns in my offense. You need to do these certain things that Jordy Nelson did, Randall Cobb did, you know, other guys like that. He exactly. Said. So I think that's what that is. I, I don't, I'm not upset about it, but yeah, he was still, he's, he's still at that edge today. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say some of that frustration may be towards himself, but he directs it at his players. I think that's exactly what it is. And because I understand that completely, I'll, I'll get frustrated with myself, so I take it out on other mm-hmm. people. It's mm-hmm. it's just an easy thing to do. Definitely. But since we're talking about anger, mm-hmm. why don't we talk about the brawl? Yeah, definitely. So, so Aaron Rodgers takes off for a run. He slides, and Falcons. I'm not sure which player it was. I think it was Pool. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. It was definitely a secondary player. Yeah, and he takes a cheap shot on Rodgers as he's going down, and. What we'd like to see is what happened. Mm-hmm. The entire team comes to Rogers back, and it's just this huge fight. Yeah, and I don't. It think was a bar fight. Like yeah, the guys it, are flying around. Exactly There's dudes like, like coming up over the top. Uh, I think it was like Deion Jones tried to like put Lucas Patrick in a headlock from behind. Like he's like yeah, ripping it was, his head back. Like it was I awesome. wish I could have seen that being played out on TV because I mean I could see it from the stand. Sure. the fan base like. Everybody was hyped about it, and they're like, "Yeah, you got to protect your quarterback." Absolutely, like that. you have to do that. And that is there's that the is... video of Randall Cobb throwing the guy mm-hmm. who tries to come at him. Mm-hmm. So it was just all this cool stuff. So I was really upset about that hit because they should not be allowed to take cheap shots, and there wasn't a flag thrown for it. At do least... you think it's really a cheap shot, though? Um, I think because of the way that game was going and the way the Falcons' defense was trying to get into people like yep. they were in Devonte Adams face they were kind of trying to push him around yep. after the whistle so i was getting that vibe that okay this game is going to be a little scrappy from their sure. defense they're going to sure. try and take those shots so in my opinion i thought it was cheap just because of how it was starting out like that and what which part of it was cheap Janelle? i'm asking like i think it... aiming for his head okay. is right. what All like right. targeting so you don't here. think it was like a late you don't think like he was like no, Almost I, threw his full slide and then he like hit him. Right. You're I just think the location were, of the hit. Okay. At least from right. what I could see, because yeah. obviously I can't watch the replays unless I went and watched it at home. Right. But even like I just think it looked like they're trying to take a cheap shot to his head, and obviously Rogers' team thought that too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
No, I mean... They took care of business. They said, they put it out there, don't mess with our quarterback because we will have his back. And I think that's important, too, that team unity, especially for a team that's been struggling to make sure that you're all, okay, I still have your back and we're going to be a team. So as upset I was that it was a cheap shot, it was still good to see the entire team, like literally the entire offense that was on the field coming together to make sure that they were protecting their quarterback. Definitely, and you look for that in any game. It could be week one, it could be week 17 trying to get the playoffs, it could be the playoff game, but I think it says more volumes of this team of you're, at the time, a 4-7-1 and one football team. I mean, with a 3% chance, whatever it was, to get into the playoffs. I think it's up to five now. Up to five. <laughs> there it is. But Everything that needed to happen yesterday it happened, did. which was surprising. But, but <laughs> Regardless of the circumstance, maybe you're even not even in the playoffs, your team is still fiery. Like, they're still they, – mm-hmm. they give a shit. Like, they're going to go out and – they're going to protect their quarterback, which they should do normally. But to see the intensity of the fight, I think, is, was the, the thing that I was surprised. Sometimes you'll see yeah, a guy up, get up in the guy's see, face, like, he pushes him and... off. But, I mean, that was a full-on and weird that there was no ejections. Like, there was some – I definitely saw some I, – I thought I saw a couple punches thrown, but apparently Walt Anderson didn't see that because his officiating crew was missing many things yesterday. Back towards the, the Joe Philbin thing you you mentioned about the challenges – I also don't understand how I – mean, no one understands how that first one is ruled a catch and then not overturned, but I don't understand the need to challenge the, the second one. You are – have one challenge left through the whole game, and what, like, best-case scenario is they don't get a 15-yard catch from Julio Jones. And, like, Nick had mentioned it yesterday on the podcast. He's like, well, you already noticed that, like – you're kind of seeing, like, early on, it's tough to really make that judgment, but you're seeing some inconsistencies from the refereeing crew with the first catch that they ruled the catch mm-hmm. and then didn't overturn even though they got a second, third, fifth, you know, angle and look at it. Like, I, I don't see the benefit for me to use that second challenge within 90 seconds just to prevent a 15-yard play. I don't, I don't, I don't see the reason behind that. I don't, I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, and this one, I missed this one because I had, I was kind of in like the concession area walking in and I saw the first challenge on the TVs. Uh And as as I was walking in, the second challenge was being talked about. So I missed what actually was happening. I know the first one I saw and I was like, okay, that one probably should have been overturned. Yeah. But I missed the second one. And in my head, I'm just like, okay, this is really early to be challenging something like this, which as of right now, or as, like, in that moment, it wasn't going to be a game changer, no. at least that we would have known. And, I mean, it it worked out because there wasn't any plays that I would have said True. should have been challenged True. later on. But going forward, I think, I understand maybe he thinks, okay, well, McCarthy wasn't being aggressive enough, now I need to be a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. But you got to still be smart when you're being aggressive. So hopefully going forward he doesn't waste all his challenges in the first mm-hmm. quarter. Hopefully. And I mean maybe he really did think that it would be a game changer if he could have overturned that. Yeah. But luckily Matt Ryan was pretty good at overturning the ball himself mm-hmm. anyways. Absolutely. So Yeah, the defense played great yesterday. Yeah. Um Breland I'm, just like you said, we started the podcast, the pick six. Um the 
really strange throw from Matt yeah. Ryan, which the announcers kind of chalked it up to just being, you know, it's a slick ball, it's cold, it's, you know, it just that's, it just literally slid out of his hand. I mean, it worked out because it put the Falcons out of field goal range. Definitely. Um, so that was huge. And then the the fluky, like this, that type of play, the one I'm going to talk about, only happens in Madden, where you, like, motion your receiver over and, then like, you accidentally hike the ball, you hit A or X, whatever system you're on, and the center snaps it and, like, hits the legs of the receiver and, like, it's just yeah. a bu- that only happens know, in Madden, yeah. I promise. And I'm like, I saw that. And I'm like, there's no way that actually that happened in an NFL game. Like, how do you screw that up? It's just beyond me. But I mean, just like you said, game the, I guess, the ball was bouncing their way today, and Breland recovers that one as well. And Breland's only played what four games this year? I think I saw the tweet yesterday. And as you know, I guess it's, this would be a, that'd be his third turnover now, two picks out of three. That's that's pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's from someone that. The Packers fans wanted to maybe bring him in in training camp or in the preseason. They kind of dragged their feet on bringing another corner in until they were they had to. And lo and behold, it looks like he, he's pretty solid. Uh, I saw a little blurb today before I got here that Jair Alexander said that he uh, he needs Breland next year with him, playing with him. So what it take that for what that is? I mean, that Jair <laughs> says a lot, so I'm not going to really yeah. – you know, he's not like a he's, – he's definitely outspoken, so I'm not going to take that in too much, but – he obviously likes playing with them. Yeah, I think really overall this game was it just seemed like a solid team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it was a good it was it a good si- it was a good 60 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't the usual okay, well, offense and special teams did well, but defense did bad. It wasn't special teams and defense did well, offense did bad. Mm-hmm. It seemed like everybody was doing their job. Yeah. And if, obviously not every drive, not every play is going to be perfect. No. There is flukes, mm-hmm. but overall I personally was pleased with the intensity, the execution, mm-hmm. and just overall gameplay from everybody. And it was just like all all players, all 53 of them were involved in this, whether they're on the sideline, on the field. Everybody was important in this win because it was a necessary win. Yeah. Whether it's for the slim playoff chances, whether it's just – to have fun again. To the cohesion of the, the locker room, I think, is yeah, real, just, just to show there's some confidence with this team. And yeah, it was just an overall important win for what Green Bay represents. Yeah. And, I mean, I think, I don't remember where I read this, but it was basically saying they wanted to prove that they weren't the problem. Yeah. So with McCarthy being fired, if they were to continue to lose, then it looks like, okay, well, it's us, mm-hmm. not him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that in itself was also important. And then they go out and Falcons score on their first drive, and then they don't score again until the fourth quarter right. as the Packers put up 34 unanswered points. Right. So I think they just kind of need they, – they needed this win Definitely. in a lot of different Definitely. aspects. I agree. Um, I, I think it's fair to say, Janelle, you might agree with me, I'm maybe the more – pessimistic one or the more critical one when yeah, it comes to we, our podcast as we talked so, about last time so if i could just be a little pessimistic right now i would say special teams wasn't ideal as we talked about and the fact that you almost saw a big injury not a big injury but you know i don't know how significant it could have been but an injury that could have put him out for the year in kenny clark um, you see him yeah. get rolled up on. He hurts his arm. I thought initially it was maybe his back, but he actually, I think it was his elbow or shoulder or something, something on the arm. And I just, I don't know. 
at what point do you start sitting guys? I know they're still in in the hunt, so it's not yet. It's definitely not yet. But let's say the Packers, you know, lose next week in in Chicago. I mean, the Rams were limited to under ten points this you know Sunday night, so it's not it's not a far gone conclusion that that couldn't happen. But you know, when do you start sitting guys? When do you start getting guys out? Because we don't want something stupid to happen, like you know, God forbid, an Aaron Rodgers injury like last year, but when do you start sitting guys and, you know, protecting your assets for their long-term career, i.e. Kenny Clark? I mean, this isn't, this is a guy that you're going to be building your future around in the defensive line, especially once, you know, Mike Daniels is gone and he's not on the team anymore. He's, he's getting up there in age. There was a rumor last week, I think, that he might even, might, this might be his last year, the following year might be his last. So if I can be critical, that's the only time I'm concerned about the health of our players when these games are somewhat meaningless, but obviously we're still, the Packers are still playing for something, so. Yeah, and I get what you're coming from, but obviously I have competitive mentality. You Uh can tell that a lot of the players have competitive mentality. Uh They want to be out there playing regardless of um, the playoff standings. True. It does make me nervous, Kenny Clark getting hurt, because he is a huge part of this defense Uh figuratively and literally Uh Uh (laughs) and with Mike Daniels being out it definitely hurts that up the middle protection a lot of guys run right through it and if both of them get hurt you see this defense get like torched up the middle on the run defense so I obviously going into next season want to make sure that both of them are healthy but at the same time, I don't know how concerning these injuries are as of right now. We probably yeah. won't know anything till Wednesday. Yeah. About well, he came going. back, so it's yeah. like not a big step. But I mean, so could we'll still, see how he's still be a lingering injury. I mean, still could be. Kenny Clark, he's been banged up a little bit yeah, this year. So. Absolutely. And I mean, that's just playing on the line. You can't control how people are going to roll. True. And we see that in offensive linemen all the time, which is why some like the Badgers, their linemen were braces and i've heard people say this before like why don't all nfl linemen wear the braces like that like why doesn't every lineman wear a brace in either knee just like 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 you said the badge i know there's plenty of other college football teams that see do that it's like there has to be a rule because why wouldn't you do that yeah you'd almost think and especially with the way that this offensive line gets hurt especially the right side which I'm sorry, the right side of the line is really... That's probably my biggest negative is because yeah. whether Balaga's in or out, I feel like every time Rodgers goes down, it's coming from that right mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. So he's not getting the protection he needs from that side. So I guess if there was one really negative thing I could take away from this game, aside from the special team mm-hmm. muffs, it's protection on that right side. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's really frustrating when you see the guy coming to blitz from a mile away and... He just gets the clear shot at Rodgers, yeah. and all he can do is like curl up and hope that he doesn't get hurt. Except for that one where he somehow got the ball out, and I have no idea how Rodgers let that like, ball go. It was like underhand, if that's what yeah, I'm thinking about. It, that was really weird. I was standing in line to get hot chocolate because, like I said, it was 27 degrees. I was freezing, and I'm standing next to these guys, and we're just kind of like, that throw was just really odd, and yeah. I don't know how he let that go, but it was still better than half the – Half the quarterbacks in the league throw it, so... Half the, better than Matt Ryan's <laughs> throws yesterday. Yeah, Matt, yeah. Uh, real quick, button it up here. I don't, want, I don't want this to be a long discussion. Who do you think... I've asked a lot of people this, uh, from like an Uber driver to like my friend at work that I talk about Packers all the time with. Who should be the Packers' next coach? 
This one, this is a tough question for me just because I don't pay attention to that a lot. Okay, I know, that's I know fine. a lot of the people that are being talked about. Sure. And then there's obviously the people that Packer fans are like, oh, let's bring in Lombardi from the Saints just because of the name. It's like, right. that's never going to happen. Or people are talking about Brett Favre, and it's like, Brett Favre is so content with his yeah. secluded life. Oh, his life's I good, promise sure. you, he will probably not come back and coach. He, no. I watched a... I love watching A Football Life, and I watched A Football Life about Brett Favre. And he was talking about how if he got the call from Canton, he might not even go to it because he just he likes to be mm-hmm. alone yeah. like in his house. So I can't, as much as he loves this game, I don't see Brett Favre coming back to coach. No, absolutely not. So, uh, do you have any name? Like anyone, even like the front runners that people are talking about, like Josh McDaniels. Yeah, and McDaniels you have, like, is a big Filippo one. And I've heard a lot of uh, Lincoln Riley. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, those are the two biggest ones that I've heard of. I don't really know what direction, because obviously every coach is going to bring in a different aspect. Yeah. And when you look at college coaches, it's like, okay, they're a really good college coach, but how are they going to fare in the NFL, and we yes. see a lot of assistant coaches that step into a head coaching position too soon. Yep. So it's really it's really a tough take, and, I mean, Packers fans are critical. I'm sure whoever they pick, they're going to pick apart somehow. Oh, definitely. So it, I don't know. Whoever comes in, I just want something that's going to be, like, new, something yeah. fresh and somebody who's going to have an adapted playbook to how the game is run, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not something predictable, which is – Maybe McCarthy's issue is that mm-hmm. he hasn't really mixed up his play calling sure. in the last few seasons. So is there a certain name that kind of sticks out to you that you want to see? Well, I just – the whole Josh McDaniels thing is like – I think that's like a real – that's a fairy tale kind of because, one, I don't really trust the guy, just like the way he was in Denver and then, you know, actually before that he was in New England, went to Denver, went to New England, was a plane ticket being scanned and a boarding pass – to get to Indianapolis, and he has this exit meeting before he leaves with Belichick, and Belichick, like, somehow does some voodoo, like, some Jedi Jedi stuff, <laughs> and, like, yep, I'm just going to stay with the Colts, or not not go to the Colts and stay with the Patriots. So I, I don't – I really – You don't trust I really, that he would be committed. No, and I really just think it's – like I, I feel like you don't make that decision about your future – to go to be a head coach at a team with a good quarterback and a lot of, I mean, the Colts are kind of screwed up as far as where they spent money. The last, I mean, previous years, they're coming into, like, a lot of cap space in the next couple. I don't think you, like, blow up your future going to be a head coach somewhere if you don't know what your future is where you're at. And I think that just, what I mean by that is, I think he understands that once Belichick is gone, it is, the reins are his. You know, the keys Mm -hmm. to the vehicle are his with... Um, you know, if Brady's there or not. But I think he's kind of set there. So I kind of ch- just check that one off my list. And that's the top one. That's like Josh McDaniels is 1A. And everyone else under that, I, I don't know. You said Lincoln Riley. I make the comparison to Nick Saban. I mean, Nick Saban is one of the most – he's probably the best college football coach ever. Mm-hmm. I know without a doubt in my lifetime. But we – I mean, I don't know if you remember, but – I guess maybe you're not that much younger than me. But when he was with the Dolphins, like, just horrendous. He was really, really bad. But then he got better when he came back to college. So it's like, eh, maybe that's not a fair comparison. But Lincoln Riley would be cool, I think, offensively. I think he's definitely proven himself now with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield back-to-back quarterbacks, winning Heismans. I think that's great. Um, 
heard a lot of talk. Uh, the coach from Ohio or Iowa State, Coach Campbell. Who knows? Like you said, you said yeah. it perfectly though, Janelle. So any any selection, any candidate, even or even when they finalize the coach, is going to be critiqued. Whether it's oh, this guy's not innovative enough, or this guy's too old, or he's too young, or he doesn't have enough defense. Oh, he only coached in the SEC, or he only coached in the A. Like you're going to come up with whatever. He's never been a head coach. Like he, you know, puts maple syrup in his coffee like you're gonna come up with some bs excuse not to do that actually maple syrup in your coffee is not bad but it's just whatever whoever it is i think i heard it best maybe it was a couple days after mccarthy was fired that it's not going to be a knee-jerk reaction the packers going to take some time i mean it might be a month before draft day it might be you know you don't really know when it's going to come it's not going to be before the end of the year i would almost guarantee it because they want to let all the teams be, you know, everyone wants to be done. You know, there mm-hmm. might it might be on the Super Bowl team. It might be on, and you know, a AFC NFC championship team. Um, and see how like the college bowls exactly. Play out. I so mean, everything I, needs to kind of finish up because you want to see where these guys are going to finish too yeah, with their season. I, I think the two things I really really want to see, and I know it's like I, I'm 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 an idealist. I want all of it. I want offense and defense. I want young and old, which isn't really possible. I mean, guess would be young with experience. But I want to. I don't even care about age. I want a coach that is going to gain the respect of the locker room, but more importantly, have Aaron Rodgers behind him. And I exactly. do. And I do want an offensive coach because we have Mike Pettin, who's essentially another coach, but he's just. Specialized in defense, so I think yeah, it's and I think offensive, keep him on defense. respectable Don't coach. Have no, him cross that no. Line. And as far as Philbin, I think Philbin's—he's got—he's got, he's got a sh- these next couple. He's weeks, got a but. shot. I don't think it's like, a, especially the way they play. Like it, it, he's, it, there's a there's a chance, but I don't know which chance is better: the Packers making the playoffs or Joe Philbin being the coach next year. That's that's an embraced debate right there. Like who? That's also true. I don't. But know. Yeah, I mean, Joe Philbin. I think he's just going to have fun with it. I don't think he expects a job, but, I mean, crazier things have happened. You know that if he gets the job, a lot of people are going to be upset about it. Oh, yeah. And, honestly, it's hard gonna like wanting to come into Green Bay and be a coach because the second things go south, everybody's calling for your name. Sure. So maybe that's intimidating to some people. I mean, I've really only seen people say, I will not coach in Green Bay. I haven't seen anybody show interest i've only seen no i'm not going there yeah and i think, and I think was that bruce arians is that bruce arians said he was more i guess he'd be more prone to going to cleveland uh there was jim harbaugh immediately said i'm sorry i'm not a jim harbaugh fan so i was a-okay with that yeah one. i don't think harbaugh would work i mean he can't even get an offense to run right in the college ranks so i think yeah the coaching situation i think it just, like you said just need somebody who's going to be able to run this offense and who will be backed by Aaron Rodgers. Because I think uh, a relationship, a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers is extremely important on this team because despite Moss's awkward answer, Aaron Rodgers does lead this team. Like, he does kind of coach himself because, I mean, he's one of the best to ever play it. So he can kind of play it himself, but he still needs somebody who has that solid relationship with him, like, for the support when things are going south, somebody who's going to have his back. And I just, yeah, this coaching situation, it will definitely be interesting to see 
who eventually steps into the position. Mm-hmm. But I don't expect to see anything anytime soon. No. And it'll be, I think, to piggyback off, it'll be interesting to see who gets the position. It'll be interesting to see who's retained. Because maybe it won't be Mike Patton. Maybe it won't be. I mean, maybe Joe Philbin isn't even an offensive coordinator, you know, special or not even special but like a, a personnel coach like who knows let's that'll be that'll be interesting to see who they and I would I would guess Ron Zook's probably gone I just I'm done with Ron Zook I just I can't I can't stand the guy and yeah special teams coach to me he, it's like he's definitely I thought Ron Zook would be fired before McCarthy so in there's honesty. that so um we'll see who what I guess what happens throughout the rest of the year uh three games left at the Bears this weekend in Soldier Field's a noon game I mean if they play like they did against the Falcons there's a shot, but there is. They, but they have not won a game on the road yet, so fingers crossed oof. that this is the first one. Games in Soldier Field. I mean, it's going to be probably. I would assume a pretty cold game too. Yeah, it's going to be colder than it was at Lambeau, most likely. And the Bears are coming off of a win against the Rams. I wouldn't call it a big win because I think it's I'm, a big win. I mean, it was a big win, but I'm sorry, that was the most boring game. Oh of yeah, offensively, I've yeah, it was year. a defensive. Like defensive if Trubisky struggle. keeps throwing interceptions. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers doesn't follow like Jared Goff did. So yeah. it could be it could be a really interesting game because I don't think Trubisky is a hundred percent back from what I saw no. last night. No, I don't Trubisky's think he's still either. banged up. I think he might have come back a little earlier than needed, and luckily the defense can help him out a little bit and Cohen and Howard are doing extremely well. So Definitely. I think that's an issue if Kenny Clark is gonna be banged yes. up with no Mike Daniels. How are they going to contain Cohen and Howard? And Trubisky runs the ball occasionally, mm-hmm. so. Good point. I I'm hoping for just a really good game. I'm not hope like, I would love to just see a battle between these two play like between these two teams. Just, I mean, week one was a lot of fun, and <sighs> the Packers came out on top. So, I hope we see another fun game, and hopefully the Packers can come out on top again, but definitely. it was I, definitely nice watching a Packer game and know that I didn't gain any gray, gray hairs from it. <laughs> it was just nice to be able to kind of not sit back, but just not stress sure. about a game for the first time basically since Miami. <laughs> yeah. it's It was a good game. I enjoyed it yeah. as well. It was um, a great game. As you know, we're talking about the game next week, just uh, right now, Seattle is playing Minnesota, so also one way or another, it does help the Packers. You know, whoever really wins or loses, I don't really think. I think I think it's best if Minnesota loses because they have like the tougher schedule and they have to lose more games if, mm-hmm. if I'm mistaken. But you know, be that as it may, it's still the chances are still below ten percent. So I'm not really gonna. The chances are slim, but somehow everything it, it did fell, work out. Everything it did work fell out. the way it needed to. So it did work out. You never know, but. Uh, before we end this, uh, speedy recovery to, as Nick donned him, uh, Andy Herman, the godfather of the Pack a Day podcast. I think <laughs> yes. that's really good. Uh, I, I'm gonna come. We're gonna come up with a really good name. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make it a point before the end of this whole Pack a Day podcast, which will probably be a long time to come up with Andy's. But Godfather's pretty good, Nick. So um, speedy recovery to him. I imagine the the ship will sail in the right direction, but. Um, yeah, the uh, Packers are 1-0 under Joe Philbin, and um, see how it goes the rest of the way. But uh, for myself, I am Matt Freilich. You can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore F-R-A underscore. Uh, you can find the Pack-A-Day podcast at Pack-A-Day podcast on Twitter. Janelle, where can they find you? And you've been up to some other podcasts, it looks like, so uh, maybe plug yourself a little bit. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore 4. Um, you can kind of keep up to date with 
some appearances that I'm doing. I did get to be a guest on um, somebody's radio, so kind of taking some steps, uh-huh. but yeah, and I might be on some upcoming podcasts as a guest, so nice. yeah, if you follow me, you can definitely follow along with that. Um, I'll definitely share clips of my spiel, so yeah, kind of stepping into that journalism world as I stress over my last semester, at least, something, at least something's going in my direction. Something's going good. Just keep getting the followers up there and keep putting exactly. out good gifts and like whatever. That's just that's all it is, I guess. Yeah, apparently. And you get paid for it, maybe. Exactly. So <laughs> thank you to the people that listen that give me these opportunities, and hopefully I continue to get more. Hopefully you sure. start to get some because we definitely have a lot of fun talking about the Packers. Obviously, whether it's good or bad, but I'm glad that we talked about something good this time. Yes, it's a lot easier to talk about the Packers on a victory Monday. Definitely. And it wasn't as hard. I, 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 I didn't have to leave my pessimism out the door, so it was easier. Exactly. We didn't, we didn't have to fight on this episode. I like, like fighting once in a while, though. It keeps it interesting. We didn't have to bicker as much. <laughs> as much. But. Uh, this was episode, I believe, actually, is it 136? Excuse me, 138. So, plugging away, third of the year just has flown by with all the Packer info from Packer Day Podcast. Um, leave a review. Five stars is much appreciated. Find the podcast wherever you feel subscribing to. You probably have already. If not, share it with your friends. Uh, once again, I'm Matt Freilich. That is Janelle Mackey. And Janelle, what do we say as always? Go, Pat, go. On first and goal, snap to Rodgers. Throws left side. Got Devontae at the pylon. Is he in? Yes! A touchdown! Jimmy Graham in the slot right as well. Devontae solo left, press coverage on him. From the shotgun, here's the snap on second down. Lofty left side. Rodgers has that on down the left side, lines out of bounds across the 40. Third and five, 13-yard line of Atlanta. Snap to Ryan, looks right, throws right there. Intercepted to the house, Bishop Breeland. Touchdown, Green Bay Packers. 19-yard interception return, and it's 16-7, Packers. From the shotgun on third down and 10. Football to the 24 of Atlanta. Snap to Rodgers. Steps up. Lost it. Left side. And touchdown! Touchdown to Randall Cobb! And the record! All-time! Consecutive passes without an interception. Aaron Rodgers. 359 in a row, and he does it in style to Randall Cobb. 24-yard touchdown pass. Second and short, get Jones, big hole, right side, 20, 15, 10, to the end zone, touchdown! There's the big play we were waiting for in the ground game, Aaron Jones, 29 yards.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.